0: So I'm here with William Laven and tell us about yourself, William. Lovely to have you here on the podcast.
1: Thank you. So a bit of I'm just going to do a very, very quick synopsis. Hi, my name's William Laven. I've got a stammer and I'm raising awareness. I'm a I'm a founder and host of Stammer Stories for Podcast and I'm also a senior operations executive at Publicist Media as well.
0: So you've done a lot of talks actually haven't you? So you've got your own podcast and as I say you've done a TED talk a really interesting TED talk about your stammer and you describe your stammer as your superpower. So so what made you come to that realisation?
1: So I've had my stammer my whole life so I've not known life without it and the stigma around stammering isn't the best so I've always thought having a stammer was bad and of like it's very self-isolating and you feel like you're the only one going through it and because of everyone you we don't expect the normality so we don't expect people just to react normally if we stammer so every time we expect people to look at us funny or because we know that it doesn't happen in the everyday conversation because I've always got told growing up that I wouldn't be able to speak properly, life would be different, I wouldn't be able to get, because I've also got other neurodiversities, like dyslexia, dyspraxia and mild autism. Mm-hmm. So I've always been, de- been deemed labels from a very young age. So uh, you won't be able to get a job. You may not make friends. You may, life will be different, but don't worry. I, and it was always that don't worry. That sort of brings you down because it's like, you Won't be able to get a proper job, don't worry. You may not be able to speak properly, don't worry. Because I think the stammering stigma is more pity. So if you say, Oh, so I got a bad sign, and it's like, Oh, bless them, rather than like, Okay. And so I had speech therapy for the first 10 years of my life. And uh, because all my stamina was so, so severe, and they thought that I wouldn't be able to speak fluently until I was seven or eight years old, which is very, very late, especially like you would have been halfway through primary school and now I can't stop talking for Britain. And <laughs> and then I went to a secondary school with people for learning difficulties. So there are people with a stammer. So it felt fine and but sadly I fell into the gap. So the NHS funding stops when you get to a certain age and sadly that age is just when before se- secondary school starts. And as we all know, secondary school is one of the hardest stages for lots of childrens, dream because that's when everyone like gets bullied. In like, but because everyone knows everything, people mock. Like kids are horror, like teenagers in like, secondary school, they can be brutal. And um, because they just say the truth and they don't fully understand. However, you're making fun of our voice, and like, I've had comments kind of like, "What's wrong with your voice? Why can't you say your own name? Why can't you speak properly?" And then. So my school had 70 students, So discontent. and then I went to a college with 4,000 students. So as you can imagine, the anxiety erupted my stammer and not knowing if I was going to be another person. So that's when I got referred to Michael Palin Center School of Stammering, where I did a two-week intense course where I got taught that actually having a stammer is okay, and Maybe because when you're younger, you get taught techniques to use in the classroom, but those things in the classroom, you can't use in adulthood because you just look like, silly. So actually, we don't get prepared for having a stammer in adulthood, like in our careers, in, in like college or university. So the Michael Palin Centre taught us a technique called the Camper Down, which tells you to talk really slowly and then you speed it up to a pace. So I know in this recording, I've already stammered many times but I've used that technique so you would have no idea that I have stammered but I know that I have because I've used that technique to say some of those words and that's when sort of my stigma started to change in my head because I thought actually having stammer makes me unique I have a unique opportunity to teach people a a new way of listening because there's a amazing quote that says people with a stammer or a stutter have they is worth listening to because they are thinking about what they have to say, and which I think is such a true, true place because we're having to think of our sentences. So, what we have to tell you is actually worth listening to because we're having to do so much prep in our head. Right? Because there's been times where I would love to say something, but I just know that I would just it a thought. No, I, there's there's no point. As we all know, job interviews is the most terrifying experiences in everyone's uh, yeah. life. So imagine most nervous, but imagine having a stammer on top of those nerves. And sadly, stammering is seen as nerves. So I've been turned away from like jobs because they thought I would be nervous in front of clients, even though I flagged my stammer. They sometimes people don't realize that stammering may be seen as nerves, but actually we're not nervous. And like group presentations, because you don't want to flag your stammer because you don't, because we don't want to make a scene. And then I just started raising awareness in the workplace and then started sharing my story. I now love my stammer. It makes me, me.
0: It's so interesting you say that because as an employer, if you're in an interview and you have a stammer, is it better that you just say up front, a stammer? And it takes away that kind of... The stress of them thinking you know that you've you're you know you're sitting there thinking they're going to notice my stamina they're going to think i'm nervous so if you just say it up front does that help the situation
1: yeah like i always flag like on my cv on my cv even my stammer's on there because i'm like i i don't want you to put me through a process if you don't think it would be variable also you shouldn't be discriminating someone against your voice about their voice as well mm. and I always flag it so ahead of interviews but also it's that do we take that tick box like that's one of the things is like do we feel comfortable because we don't want to tick that tick sometimes you may don't want to take that tick box and do need any additional support because you don't want to have a special treatment but actually it's not a special treatment that we need it's just awareness like, I always now if I'm doing a speech I always make a joke, so I always address my stammer. So if I go out at my best friend's wedding, so I was his best man, and I said, "I do have a stammer." Hopefully, we will be done before the bar closes. But and then, but that just relaxes me, and it just relaxes everyone in my room because I'm very conscious good. about everyone's reactions. So in my workplace, I flag it directly, and like my first sentence to my line manager, which another I was like, "Just to let you know, I do have a stammer." nothing to worry about but it's just me and she literally just went "Uh oh and it's so Uh
0: interesting you said that you you've stammered though in this call because you you mention it but as you say it doesn't define you i haven't even noticed that you've had a stammer and everything you've said is thought through whereas i might ramble and not really think about what i'm about to say because I sort of take it for granted that just flows out of me
1: and i think for me it's want to show that like now we are amazing as like a a nation like a population that we don't just assume so if someone tells that like, they're disabled you don't automatically assume that they're going to be in a wheelchair you don't just automatically assume that however if you have a stammer people automatically assume you're going to have a severe stammer, like mushy from educating your or like the king from a king's speech because like everyone all, all like if i if we hadn't had a like a conversation beforehand, and if I didn't say, I do have a stammer, you may be thinking, oh, maybe he's got a really severe stammer. But actually, i want to show that every stammer is different, yeah. and that you shouldn't just judge someone. But also, the, stammer, the stigma around stammer, like 27% of Brits think it's okay to make fun of someone with a stammer, which is shocking, but believable at the same time. And... It's just a really weird thing because you got, like, in one week we had Lean Mack making fun of saying, Oh, this suspense is killing me. And then a few days later, you had Ken Seema talking about his stammer in a post interview. And it was the most supportive, positive comment section I've ever seen on social media. Really?
0: And, like, it so, hang just... on, go, let's go back. Who who are those two people? Sorry.
1: So we had Lean Mack, who who was on an episode of Would I Lie to You? And, okay. and, then, and then Rob Bryden was making a joke not making a joke, but he was stamming on his words. He doesn't have a stammer, but he was... Anima said, oh, come on, this suspense is killing me. And then we had Seema, who's a Watford football player, in a post-match interview. He has a stammer. He was talking about it, and it's just gone viral, like, all over the world, like, just on one video on Twitter of his post-match interview. But Watford FC has had 11.5 million views, and that's hard on Twitter. Like, that just shows like, every comment. So, this is amazing. So proud of you. This is so inspiring. Because that's what stemmed the BBC Breakfast interview. Because it's like, because I was like to them, this just sums up the stigma in a tape. Because you've got people still think it's okay to make fun of someone, like the joking aspect. And then you've got the most supportive area. Because that's why we are in a very middle. Because we don't know. Someone will do that or that.
0: So go one way or the other, basically, whether they're gonna make fun of it still. Or I mean you say times are changing though, and as you say, the king's speech, and does that help to raise awareness and art do you feel that things are changing now? Are you getting less people yeah. making bad comments?
1: Yeah, like it's definitely better like like social media, like you have the amazing Mimi Darling Beauty like did her drive through video and on TikTok that's had around seventy million views now. Wow. And you think that's, and like now she's in like so many challenging awareness but like she still gets comments like if we don't stammer in the interview we get people like saying do we actually have a stammer or do I just have a fraud and it's like why would we joke about having a stammer we've had when it's like
0: the battle that's gone in your head yeah you know during that time you're having to do what was the steps again the 10 steps you said in your mind yeah
1: Can like you talk we- us through that so I pre think everything. So I will be so I've already pre thought like potential three sentences. I couldn't tell you what those sentences are, but in my brain I know that I've already pre thought sentences. And so if I'm doing a presentation, I know that I have to check all the slides and I know that I may change some of the words just to make it stammer friendly words. So once I was doing my well, my apprenticeship project presentation so I'd send it to my coach for like check for her to check it so like great great and in that time I thought actually let me just go go through it and there were a few words that I stammered on and my brain changed those words to words that I can say without stammering she messaged me which was like just seeing the presentation again it looks exactly the same but something's changed and I can't work out what it is and, and I was just like ah, I've changed it to stammer friendly that makes sense it was like you couldn't tell that I had changed it. Like I had just changed some of the words, just use slightly different pronunciations. I like, was same meaning, but just a different word. Sometimes there may be a word that I know that I cannot say, but there's a word, another word that means exactly the same thing. So uh, I, I definitely don't do this scenario because it would just sound like a, like an alien. But I, I find hello very hard. But I know I can say greetings. So. Okay. Mm. would sound like someone from like monsters inc or like but so it like greetings <laughs> But I not sound like
0: that if it works for you though like you say it's your superpower well you know, exactly to work it you've got to if you're doing a presentation you've got to make it work for you well exactly and i i do think in this day and age people are becoming more accepting of their own inner yeah you need know, struggles i mean exactly. obviously there are some struggles which as you say like with having a stammer you have to really think about what you're doing you have to develop and I can imagine at first it must have been so difficult to have to think about three sentences before and training your brain to do that yeah. was that quite a difficult thing to do
1: yeah and it's tiring like I don't think like especially if it's been so when I come into the office like you can tell that I've So I was doing like a speech at work this morning, like doing a presentation and I've been in the office today. Like it's been quite a talky day. So my stammer is fine today because but during my speech, I stammered quite a lot. But that could have been quite nervous. But it's quite a tiring thing because if I'm working from home and I've not had any meetings, I know that my stammer will be quite bad either that day or the next day. And it is tiring because I am saying in my head, I can say it or... Uh, there was a task that I was doing the other week where I had to read out every line on this document. Mm-hmm. And I knew that ten of those lines had a word that I knew that I stammered on. And I just was thinking about that one section of the whole of a meeting that we had to go through. Because I just knew and as I like, saying it, and then I was like I then mean my language. Mm-hmm. manager was like, but sometimes, if depending on the person who I'm with, so this person who I with. So I didn't say anything. Um, and then I was like, Do I really have to say the full sentence? Like, because it was my manager, like, I can just saying, Do you really need me to say this full sentence? She's like, Why? She was like, I hate saying this word, she's like, I'm so sorry. But yeah. And then and then me did she was like, Do not hate me, but it's happening for the second page as well. But sometimes I can like depending on I'm with and just like But it's sometimes like I was talking to so Hayley Hassel, who's on Five Lives, sometimes as women's, she's got a stammer, and I interviewed her on a podcast about being a ra- being a radio presenter, and, like being a TV like, presenter for like news run with a stammer. And she's like, if I can run my own radio show, that's fine. But the thing for me is the headlines. i reading out the headlines because I know that I cannot change the headlines. So that's when I may stammer more in like a radio, when I do a show is reading up the headlines because I know that like, if I'm doing a pre-segment before about a certain topic, I can prep what I'm going to say so I know that I won't stammer. But when I read up the headlines, you can't change the words because you could just give it a whole other story mm. by accident with your stammer. And I think stammering affects everyone, but Everyone's stammer is different in every different situation. Like, it's a jackpot. Like, I don't know when I'll next stammer. I don't know if I'll stammer tomorrow, or I may stammer the whole of next week really badly. Like, there may be words that I can say, and the next day I won't be able to say it at all. Or there's some days that I know if that I'll, there's a word that I'll stammer really badly on, but I'll just say it fluently with no problem at all
0: is there no way though that if you're in a presentation you can just hold up a whiteboard and write it down you know is that on us basically as a society do we need to change so that that is an option for people so that you can have think how many amazing radio presenters there could be out there with a stammer who would be great at chatting to people and bringing some life to a radio show but they're too worried about having to face those words that are difficult is there do you think there's something that society needs to put in place to make it easier for people with a stammer?
1: I think it's just one of those things that does accepting the stammer. Like, I think we don't judge people with an accent. And it's like, why? And my motto is, why do we think it's okay to tell someone to hurry up for finishing their sentence when you wouldn't tell a granny crossing a road to hurry up? Like, you wouldn't tell a granny to hurry up crossing a road at a step of crossing, but you would think it's okay to tell someone to hurry up saying same a sentence, but also how do you know what we're going to say? And that's always the worst. Like people think that they're helping us like, by finishing our sentences, but actually that's the worst and, like people think they're saving time, but we stammer more. And like we will purposely stammer more if you finish our sentences. So you will be there for longer in the conversation because we are even more conscious. of like the hardest bit is like people rolling their eyes. Like when we stammer like and in the pandemic, when face masks were announced, people with speech impediments weren't exempt from wearing a face mask because it just wasn't thought about. And my stammer is quite a physical stammer, so my mouth can move quite a lot. However, wearing a face mask covers that. So I've had people take me to the wrong place in the supermarket. I had people look at me confusingly because they can't tell I'm stammering, but at the same time, it's that do we feel comfortable not wearing a face mask because says having a stammer? Because would we rather have a judgment of why aren't you wearing a mask? Or would we rather of judgment of if we stammered wearing a mask? Like it, it was a very hard, like some people had a mask saying, I have a stammer, give me time. But for me, I don't like making attention to it. And I feel like that would have just made me very self-conscious in the situation, if that makes sense
0: yeah it does it really does it's almost like especially during that time of covid you just didn't want to stand out did you it was hard enough going out and making your way out and i can imagine for anyone who did have a superpower during that time it must have felt like that superpower was like a light was just shining on you at that time you know like people looking at you why aren't you wearing a mask like is it because you're choosing not to wear a mask or have you got something a reason it was all so yeah. critical wasn't it during that time did you find that quite hard then
1: yeah b- because I because I knew that because I, I didn't need to wear a mask a lot because it was only if I was going like going into a same part but if I was in a in if I was working like a shot or in an environment where I did have to wear a mask then I would have thought about it more but because it was in like short periods but now um, someone in the stammering community has now, she works on Arts and Spencers and she did a, she's now got across all of the Marks and Spencers in the UK that if you have a stammer, you can have a symbol on your badge that says I have a stammer. And I think there's so much potential for that like in Cabin Crew or like other supermarkets or like there's so many places where they have a name badge and you think how effective that could be, especially in like a customer facing environment. But it's still that thing of like coming out about it in public. Like I know someone who like I've had a situation in like Baker street tube station where I was running late from my meeting. I didn't know where to go. So I was like to the person at TFL TFL saying, Oh, can you come in? Not um, was like, can you direct me for where I need to go for King's cross? He said over there. So I was like, all right, great. So I walked over like, yeah, it was like helpful, great. Didn't know where, couldn't find it, and uh, being very, very British. Because like, I'm so so sorry, Dean. Can you just give me a bit more direction? This one my stammer was quite bad. He was rolling his eyes and I was stammering. And then he then told me to F off because he had already told me once and and I was wasting his time. And then there were other people around because they were waiting to talk to him. No one came up to me in that situation because they could tell that I was just even though I looked distressed and felt it. And I made a complaint to TFL, nothing, I didn't even get my ticket refunded. They just dropped a complaint saying, We are sorry we don't know the person who you are describing because you have because it's a very hard situation making a complaint against a person because you haven't. Because they say, Can you give a description? So you have to give a very politically correct description. Of a person because you don't want it to turn on you by accident. And they said, even if I give him a platform times the exact platform on that what tube line, they said, sorry, we don't know who was on that platform at that time. And I was like, surely you know about CCTV who was A, working at the station, because surely they know what staff is on what platform. I mean, this it does gave a generic response of, sorry, we we make sure that these of things are covered in our trainings, and we're very sorry that this has happened to you. And then someone else I know, they're in the Starbucks in Liverpool Street Station, and they thought, you know what, I'm going to say, well, I'm going to order what I want to order, because sometimes we restrict ourselves. So I've had times, like a supermarket, not a supermarket, but like in a cafe or a restaurant, I really wanted a certain drink, but... I didn't order it because of my stammer and I knew that I didn't want to go through if I stammered what the way to react so this is my friend he went to Starbucks he thought you know I'm going to order what I want to order he stammered saying it I mean person behind the counter mimicked his stammer and laughed at him whilst he was serving him and the STEMI community basically just erupted and just said, uh, and start, it took, I think, Starbucks around six or seven hours to respond. I mean, they said, We are so sorry to hear about this, and we are extremely sorry about this has happened to you. And I think, in like trainings and like retail environment, we are taught about disability, but I don't think speech, speech impediments is taught, because I think no one knows what the right or wrong thing to do because every person is different. But I think the main thing is you shouldn't be mimicking or laughing at someone if they're saying something funny and that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. Is that, is that why, what made you want to become a ambassador? just because you wanted to raise awareness and have you got any stories where you've helped other people kind of help them gain confidence in their Stammer as well?
1: Yeah. So I've got, so I've got my podcast Stammer Stories where I talk to people who stammer, people who work in the stammering Fields and so maybe a speech and language therapist or, like a, research or a research student. But also, a very important aspect is I talk to people who don't stammer to get their views, but also I give them a situation and how they would react in that situation. And so I had Sharon Gafka, who was on Love Island, come onto a podcast. She doesn't have a stammer. And I said to her, Would you have gone on a show like Love Island if you had a stammer? And she said, I would have. My confidence, because you're already thinking about how people react to your body, you're already thinking about how people react to your movements. Imagine how, what comments you would get if people are mimicking your voice, like judging you by the way you speak, along all those other stuff. She said, that would have been a very hard decision for me to make. And now my respect for people with stammer has changed massively because... I taught, I taught her how to stammer. So I said, can you say, because she came to my live and I said, welcome to Stammer Stories Live. My name is Sharon Gaffka. And I said, prolong the S on stammer. And I said to a block after stories. So, so, so I just block it. And then I said, amend the stammer, say your name. And she did it. And I said, how did you feel? She said, I felt extremely frustrated that I couldn't get my words out. And I said, bingo, you got it. Welcome to three hundred and sixty five days of our of our lives like, that's how we feel like we it's frustrating and she was quite taken back and then when she was practicing it off camera, she started stammering herself. Because like, When her brain was tricking her, she started stammering when she was rehearsing it just by just by chance when I mean, she's like that was so weird and I felt frustrated that I wasn't saying my lines, even though I wasn't doing the challenge. I felt frustrated that when I was practicing it, I was stammering on those words. But I love like talking to the stammer community, and I've also had like lots of lots of international people reach out to me. Like, the podcast has been seen in 60 countries, and what I love is that it's very popular in like third world countries. So like, India is number three, and mm. like we've had lots of African. Countries listen in lots of small smaller countries, but also I'm now a now an ambassador for the Nepal Stammering Association and because of the resources the resources aren't great in the UK, but they are amazing compared to to Nepal. And I had this one gentleman reach out to me and the story will always hold a special place in my heart. And he said with exact words and you may have to like blur some of it out, but I'm just going to be open with you in the interview. He said, can you cure my stammer? I am struggling in life. I can't function. With how severe? And so I was like, I'm so sorry to hear that. I am not a medical professional, but I can share real-life stammer experiences. And he said, I'm struggling to get a job after university. So over here, normally when you leave university, It can maybe take a few months to get a job, but you will get something. So it's like, oh, how long did it, how long has it been? Six years. And because every job over there requires fluency. And he said, I've been to interviews and maybe just told me to go when I started stammering. All I've, I've managed it, I may have gone, sorry, we don't want you to waste our time. And it was really sad and he was saying, I am finding life really hard and I'm being judged. And I just said, just own it, talk about it, don't talk, don't talk about it, just be you. The less you think about your stammer, the more likely you will not stammer. Just be you, just be open. The man was like, flag it, don't hide it. So own it because your stammer makes you you. And if they're turning you away because of your stammer, they're not the people you want to be around with. And I gave him some other advice as well. And he said, Your advice has was like I value your advice like a diamond. It's like you are like a god to me for me, advice like he said, You have saved my life for my stammer. And that made me really emotional. And even though I've never met this person and they're thousands and thousands of miles away, but if I can talk about my stamina and do big things like TEDx or like do a campaign and like talk on live TV and like talk on radio, then this person can feel better about having a stammer. And like, there are some really sad stories that people think I, they want to be cured, but stammering can't be cured. Like, you, you will always have a stammer and, and you can't be fixed. Like, you can't magically go away. You can do techniques, you'll be better. You'll have phases, but And sadly, in some countries, there are people who scam, saying, we can cure your stammer in up to seven days, and they will charge you a lot of money, and they're not even medically trained. But they will say, we will cure your stammer. So they give people these false hopes of saying, we will cure your stammer, and people will pay, because they're desperate in these countries, lots of money. And their stammer won't change at all, and they won't give their money back, because they've... And because the resources aren't that good and it's all private, they can't get it nationally. And that's one of the reasons why I want to have this platform is that I'm not a medical professional, but just talking about it. Because as you know, if you talked about something close to you, to someone similar, you know that you can share experiences. But I know if I talk about my stammer, about how it feels, if I told you about it now, you wouldn't be able to relate to some of the emotions, how I felt. But if I told someone else with a stammer, they'd be, damn, I know exactly how that feels. I've had that situation. And it's a very hard conversation to explain the emotions of not being able to speak because everyone has a voice and it's like, you can't express the frustration and the anxiety that we go through. And I think when you just hear one positive story and I I have built a community, and it's got people from Zimbabwe, Kuwait, Australia, US, UK, um, Dubai, like India, Nepal, Nigeria, South Africa. Like there's so many people, you forget that there are seventy million people in the world. It's about because it's a very self-isolating thing. You think it's only you and people. Yeah, because I'm very fortunate that I've been around other people with a stammer, but the major- majority, they've not met another person with a stammer before, so it makes it even harder that you can't relate your stammer to other people's Because if you see one with a more severe stammer, you think, okay, that makes me feel better than mine, because they have it, not have it harder than me, but they have it, more severe so actually i feel quite fortunate that my stomach is the way that it is and it's just
0: you've had the opportunities i suppose as well yeah. haven't you that's that's this you know what? It's such a, an important issue you've highlighted there that it's a global issue your community yeah. is global and you're raising awareness and you're changing people's lives across the globe so the fact that we here in the uk have had that it also highlights to me how worrying is for the future of the uk being squeezed and the nhs being squeezed at the moment and how many children are then going to miss out on yeah. the opportunities you had so it's almost like actually building these communities are going to be so important in many many children's lives growing up with a stammer yeah. do you feel the same is it- yeah, that you might even okay. end up having to replace what the nhs is isn't able to provide anymore um yeah. and you know what's your vision with for these communities are you hoping to get some speech therapists on board and help the the young communities as they grow up with their stammers because as you said
1: but I think just having a a safe space but also I'm very um passionate about having parents of children with a stammer to have a safe space to talk to because lots of time parents blame themselves for if their kid has a stammer and that's a lot of toll for a parent to think I've given my child a stammer and this is I've given them this way of speaking but actually it's not them and I think I want to show that having stammer is okay and I think we need to talk about it more in different areas and I think we talk about mental health and talk about it talk about it but for people with stammer that's our first hurdle is having that conversation and because it's like, pick up the phone to call Samaritans or pick up the phone and talk to Fisk. You feel like doing the chat function is the cheater option because you feel like you may not get the full support when you will, but you feel but A lot of people with a stammer, they don't feel comfortable talking about it, but they are finding it so tough. And it's like, how can we have that conversation if we are told, talk to someone, when actually with someone with a stammer, that may may not be... The that will be the hardest step for them, and I think to show them that because my main thing is like growing up, I didn't have any role models, they were all dead like, um, the king, Marilyn Monroe, those are the only people with stamina growing up. But now there are so many everyday people, I want to show that there's a role model in every setting, like, there are so many people who are in your career path, who are in your in your future journey who you can look up to to have a stammer? they don't have to be a big celebrity they could be a top top lawyer if you want to go into law and they've got a stammer but they are partner at a top law firm you may have someone who's a who wants to go in to, to, to hospitals and they may be the senior doctor at hospital with mm-hmm. a stammer but you think how can i talk to patients with a stammer but if that person can be a senior doctor at uh, great almond street let's say then I can do that and it's like having everyday wrong models to show that but also I, I want to work with like, companies to show that we don't discriminate and like, do a commitment statement to show that we accept, Like we don't judge people by the way that they speak, it's a very easy thing to say but actually you'd be surprised by how hard it is for people to get that message because it's like you got situations where you may say, "Oh, we got someone with a stammer." You you would point out that person, but you wouldn't point out someone from a different minority because you just wouldn't like. But people think it's okay to point out. Oh, we're, we're doing this play, and one and if you know that you got a person with a stammer in your cast, they would go, "There's six people and there's one person with a stammer," because everyone would look, and you got that pressure of that one character with a stammer. I to be that character. But you but wouldn't it say
0: so, it, do you think it should be the person themselves who yeah. announced that they've got the stammer rather than someone else announcing it for them?
1: Yeah. And okay. I think we've all got our own voice, I think. But also if you know someone with stammer, just talk to them about it because we want to talk about it. And, like you are helping grow their journey. Like my motto is just be positive, like own it. Because yeah. it will take you places that you didn't think you would be able to go to.
0: When you say, though, that, you know, with the whole counselling side of things and talk about it, you say with the mental health side of it, um, what is another way that you can communicate without talking first then? Do you think social media actually helps the Stammer yeah. community?
1: Like the Stammer community, the online Stammer community it, on social media is just brilliant. Like it's literally the most amazing supportive community. Like that's how I've met so many people in the Stammer community. It's like people have come forward. Like I've had around... 15 people reach out to me after like, my BBC breakfast interview saying I've got a stammer and I've never spoken about it until I saw you on TV talking about it, which is just means so much to me because there are people out there who or they may have stammered when they were a child and it's such a very rare, rare thing but actually you'd be surprised by how common it is like you say, Oh, I got a stammer. And then you may have up and say, Oh, my brother or sister has this, or I've got a cousin who stammers. But still, there's only 1.5 million people in the UK have a stammer. But you'd be surprised by how many people you know would have a connection to someone with a stammer. And it's one boy to every four girls. Mm. So it's way more common in boys than it is in, in girls.
0: I'm just thinking about your journey and just how bloody incredible Thank it is. you and you must be so proud of yourself you look at yourself as that teenage boy being shifted into a school that was just not meeting your needs frankly was it you know how frustrated you must have been not having a voice in that time i mean you tell me how did it feel not being able to express what was going on inside your brain
1: I think it was harder n- not knowing the unknown because it was like going from a very small setting where i knew everyone to transitioning to a college where there are four thousand students and you don't know if they've ever met someone with a stomach or you don't know if a staff have ever taught someone with a stomach um, and when i was there they were the most supportive people ever hello like, absolutely great had no situations but it's like because we always pre-think everything like we pre we pre-think judgment like we think oh, they will judge us, or, and it was that not knowing, but also anxiety, like lots of stammering can be behind fatigue, or like depending on how tired you are, like if you're, like if I've had lots and lots of emotions that may cause me to stammer more, or, and it was just that transition, because my stammer hadn't been that bad for a very long time, and that's why we went to my GP, and I think we need to make it okay that you don't only have speech therapy when you're younger, I and mean, then you should never be afraid of having it. And I think because people think, oh, I had it when I was younger, I'm fine now. But actually, if you're struggling now, there's no harm in just like trying to see if there's any support because it will help you massively.
0: Having that feeling growing up, how do you feel now being oh, in the position you are in now?
1: Absolutely, absolutely amazing. Like, if you asked me even like five years ago, if I would be on like TV talking about my stammer or like even doing a podcast but i just laughed at you We like absolutely not even five years ago because it was still my like, my first ever speaking opportunity was my speech and language therapist she was a lecturer at, at City of London Uni about speech and language therapy and she was like because she knew that I wanted to do more challenges and she was like how do you feel about coming to talk to us? And literally in my head, I had taken five seconds to pre-write an email saying, thank you for the offer, but I don't think I'm ready yet. And I spoke to my old CEO and she said, you're doing it. And I was like, pardon? She was like, She's like, you will love it when you're after. It will change you. You need to do it. And if you say no, I will contact her and and sign you up to do it. I went back to her and I said, yeah, I'll do it. And it was the first speaking opportunity I've ever done and yeah the rest is history and I feel amazing and I think I don't notice it until like something happens so I just see as me with crazy ideas i pushing myself to do crazy challenges but it's not until like I see like I had people who I've not spoken to in years I like, messaged me saying is this I'm having my breakfast and I just see you on, on my breakfast sofa and my vow is sort of when it like kicks in or it's like when parents message me saying thank you and I think that that's what does it for me is like I love it when people with a stammer reach out to me but I think for me it's when parents of younger children show me to their children and you're like look it is okay and that's what sets me and when I did my TEDx I there's a selfie of me and one of the other speakers. Not saying beforehand, I do not remember taking that selfie. I was just in another planet, and after they were like, "Oh, do you want to?" When I came off the stage, I like, "Oh, do you want to sit and watch the next speaker?" So I was like, "I just need to go to the green room, just so I can just have a internal scream and just let it." Now my phone was literally just because people are watching the live stream and. It didn't sink in until I then watched the one after speaker. It was like and my brain literally had a thought of okay, imagine standing up on that stage when I was like, oh, that was me two hours ago. And like it, it was that like when you see someone on a stage, you think, Oh my god, look at that there on a stage talking, like, especially like the TEDx were big, Like the TED letters were, came up to my chest. Like they were big and, and it's like, when you see my famous letters, no, like, because I there were 250 people there, but because of the stage lights, you could only see the first three rows, so that held. And then emotions started slowly, slowly kicking in. And then when I got home, some reason, the first video that came out on my social media was a Coldplay concert and they had given deaf people these vibration vests for them to to feel the music. And when I say that just triggered every emotion possible and I was literally just dreaming of all the emotions. Because I'd done like social media posts everyone was going, oh my god this is amazing because you don't realise that the TEDx platform, like the YouTube channel has 37 million subscribers on it. And, like you don't realize like when it went live i had people like linkedin across the world like twitter facebook like i had around six speaking opportunities lined up after my tedx and it's you don't realize that like, how much it changes like your your personal persona as well because like i need to challenge myself to do big stuff to be taken seriously because sadly stamming isn't spoken about like. And, like, for press, sometimes Stammer needs a hook. And it's like, if Ed Sheeran talks about his Stammer, everyone will want to talk about it. Or like when Ken Seema talked about his Stammer because it was going viral, press wanted to talk about it. And it's hard talking about. a topic that needs to be spoken about when there's not a hook. people don't see it as a serious thing to raise awareness about. But we need to change that because we are helping people... With the confidence of wanting to speak and i think it's such a key and like, when i was doing my awareness in like the pandemic nearly every journalist who i spoke to were like why haven't we covered this before and i'm mm. like you just answered your own question why haven't you covered this before Yeah. and it, especially when i mentioned like the face masks everyone was like why haven't we spoken about how face masks would impact people with speech impediment and i go because we're not spoken about, that's why it's not spoken about because we need that big... And it's like when Joe Biden talks about his stammer, everyone picks it up. And then his international stammer Wednesday is in October. Okay. So the only time that it gets spoken about is near the end of the year. But why should that be the only day when we talk about it when there are 364 other days in a year? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why now I'm doing big things every few months to spread the awareness because the more we talk about it, the more comfortable people will also get the conversation going because as you know the bigger the conversation gets the more everyone wants to talk about it and how can we change if we don't do a change ourselves?
0: Absolutely and speaking of being a massive change maker yourself and all the incredible things you're doing who inspires you on your journey?
1: Ooh. I think definitely The King, like, but also it's the little people, well, they're big, big people, but it's like seeing Ed Sheeran have a stammer and like being one of, the, one of the biggest musicians, but Stormzy, he's got a stammer. and like You rarely see him do a media interview and you don't really bat an eyelid, but actually that's because of his stammer. And you think of Mr. Bean, but didn't have existed if it wasn't for Baron Atkinson's stammer because he was turned away from, ador- from auditions to his stammer. So he created Mr. Bean as a non-speaking character and he's one of the most famous characters across the whole world. So I think my biggest inspiration, I think, is just seeing young people with stammer smashing it because I think that's what inspires me is when I see like there's Ajmer starring children Last night, from a recorded state, they just won a charity film award for their campaign. And there's this way in campaign, Elliot, who's just a legend. And what he's doing is just so inspiring. And we need more people like him, especially the younger people, to talk about it. Like Helen Rutter, she's an author. She's got a son who's dancing, and she's written these book series, like these children books about the the uh, the funniest boy in the world and he's a comedian and you talk about his journey of being a comedian but with a stammer and like he does need everyday role models and that's what I want to be is an everyday role model because we all look up to our like, celebrities and we think oh they are, are big inspirations but it's very hard to be one of them and like you can't but if you see an everyday role model you can relate so much, but also it's easier to like shape your, what you want to achieve seeing in everyday roles. You think if they are, let's say they, they want to go into journalism, if you see, let's say Hayley Hassel, who's a five live presenter, she presents news round with a stammer. Hey, I, I can apply to work at my local radio station, my local community radio station and grow. And I think, one of the things that I'm now doing is like bigger speaking challenges you to show if I can do this event or like if I can host this, you can do your presentation in school. Like you could start a, a school radio or something like that.
0: Well, William, thank you so much. You are the change you are being the change which is my favorite quote which is why I created this podcast I wanted people who were the change and you are it so um I really appreciate your time and coming on the podcast thank you so much
1: for having me